This is episode 18 with Jake Thompson. Your challenges don't define you. However, how you choose to handle them does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Laugh at Adversity podcast. I'm your host, Gary Savoy. Having overcome medical trauma, I've made it my mission to uncover all of the secrets to overcoming life's challenges and living a better life. Each week, I will bring you an inspiring person or message. You'll hear from some of the most inspirational people on this planet, including those who have overcome adversity firsthand. My goal is to provide you with everything you need to conquer your challenges and to turn your struggles into strengths. Jake Thompson is the founder and chief encouragement officer of Compete Every Day, where he inspires others to focus on becoming the best versions of themselves. When I first stumbled across Jake's podcast, Compete Every Day, I knew there was a huge overlap over our purposes. We're trying to get people out of the mindset of being complacent and to compete every day regardless of the struggles or adversity that you might face. Jay comes on the show to talk about going after what you want, being better than yesterday, and building a competitor's mindset. In this episode, you'll learn the meaning behind compete every day and why you should only be competing against yourself. We also talk about comparing yourself to others and how it can be so exhausting. And also, the keys to achieving your goal is to actually focus on the process and not the end goal. We also talk about how your story can impact and inspire others and why courage always makes a better story than comfort. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jake Thompson. Hi, Jake. Welcome to the Laugh at Adversity podcast. It's great to have you on here today. Hey, I appreciate the uh, the invite. I'm excited to be here. And and as you shared prior offline, you know we, we have a lot of commonalities in, in the work that we do and the messages, messages we share. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking. Yeah, as soon as I came across your podcast, Compete Every Day, um, and you know your website, you got a clothing line, and just your your overall message, I realized that there were a lot of commonalities between us. And I'd love to have you start off by talking about your why you started Compete Every Day, and kind of you know the purpose behind it and your your passion for it. Yeah, so really, it evolved out of a desire to do something more with my legacy is kind of the best way to put it. Uh, I had a consulting business in two thousand eight, nine, and ten. Uh, was looking to rebrand it into something really beyond my name. Was reading a book uh, by a guy named Donald Miller uh, called "A Million Miles in a Thousand Years," and and in the book, Miller talks about the importance of story and the lives that we live. Uh, really influence uh, our story and and what that story tells others that we believe is important uh, by our actions. And so I knew at that moment I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to encourage people uh, and motivate them with positive messaging. It, that's been a skill set of mine since an early age. Uh, the gift of gab that I think my mom would laugh about, but really loving on people, encouraging people. And so I'm a competitive guy. Uh, I had this idea of pursuing greatness in multiple areas of your life. And, and so I tinkered with a handful of names until Compete Every Day stuck. Uh, and I had a number of friends that knew me well, felt it was a great fit for who I was. And the message that I was trying to convey about competing against yourself and, and competing to beat your yesterday's best. Uh, and so from there, uh, late 2010, 
had the idea, spent about eight months tinkering with a few different projects to try to get that message out, whatever seemed to resonate the best. And finally, it was through t-shirts and, and selling t-shirts and tank tops out of the back of my car with this message about competing every day for your life uh, that things started to pick up and take off from there. I like that. So I'd like to to circle back. You talked about competing against yourself. So is your message is really about, you know, competing against yourself and not comparing yourself to others, right? Yeah, yeah, cuz the the issue that we get into with comparison is comparison is an exhausting activity, uh especially as as more uh social media platforms develop and and more of our attention runs on those platforms, it's very easy to get caught up comparing where you are, knowing your entire story to where someone else's highlight reel is and only seeing the teeny tiny bit that they post on social media. And so that's an exhausting task. Whereas competing against yourself is understanding how you do things, what you do well, what you don't do well, and finding a way to build on that each and every day. The analogy I love to share is uh, a, a track star. If you think about a sprinter, when they take off out of the gate, they're focused on straight ahead, looking at their finish line, staying in their lane. The moment that racer begins to look to their left and to their right uh, behind them to see where anyone else is, they automatically slow down. Our bodies are not built in a way that we can be turned in another direction and still run at top speed going forward. Uh, but it's only the racer that's focused on their finish line, staying in their lane, uh, doing their best at optimal speed, are they able to win that race? And so the same applies to our life. The moment that we start looking at everyone else, we slow down, we get tired, we get distracted. Whereas we're focused on our lane, our lives, what we can do to be better than we had before we can reach our optimum output. And, and ultimately, that's my goal is to try to create a mindset and attitude and, and eventually a way of life with people where they're competing every day so that when they get to that end day, that final breath that we have, you're able to say you ended on empty. You are completely exhausted having spent everything that you've been given in the pursuit of everything you desired. I like that message. Just listening to you speak, you know, it sounds like you really... You've really reached your goal because you talked about, you know, leaving a legacy and then story and the importance of story. And it seems like you've been able to combine competing every day, building that mindset and, you know, in including and incorporating your story into it. So I love that. Is there what are some steps that you might have to develop, you know, this mindset, a competitor's mindset? Because for some of us, it might be difficult, you know, to to go to the gym, you know, that night or, you know, get out of bed in the morning and go for a run? What What's some of the tips that you can give somebody? Yeah. So one of the first things that I always encourage people to do is to, to track it. Um, and you don't have to be as incredibly detailed as, as say an athlete training for an Olympic weightlifting meet or tracking your nutrients in every single meal, unless that's your goal. And so for me, one of the things I love to use is there's a journal called Best Self Journal. Uh, bestself.co is their website. Uh, I will alternate between using them and a five-minute journal, which also has an iPhone app version. Uh, and what those journals do incredibly well is if you start and end the day with them, they allow you to evaluate your wins and your lessons from each day. 
and you can build on it. So for me, tracking is a huge piece of it because if I start the day and I have just three goals, I've got to hit for the day. It's not busy work. These are big goals. So writing 500 words a day, uh, I need to do five sales calls and then I need to update advertising. So those are the big three. If I hit those three, that is a great day for me uh, because I accomplished the task. Well, when I get to the end of the day and I'm looking back on the day, there's an opportunity to write what you're thankful for. But there's an additional spot to write, what are my wins from the day? Did I hit all three of my goals? And then what are my lessons? Did I lose track of time and procrastinate? Did I give in to a bad habit? Did I skip the gym because I spent 30 minutes surfing on Facebook doing nothing productive? When I'm able to look at that the next day, I'm more cognizant of what I did, where I misstep, so that if I start to catch myself going that direction on day two, I can remember, oh, wait, this tripped me up yesterday. I need to do something different today. And it could just be that one thing. And so for me, that's a big piece of it is tracking it. And then don't, you know, another big thing that I always love to encourage people with is don't get overwhelmed by how far you have to go. I think too often we get deterred from, I'll say, destiny uh, that we've set uh, not a, a predestined location, but we get deterred from the destiny we want to reach uh, because we're too distracted of how big the goal is. Uh, a lot of alliteration there. But really, it's the idea that if you're wanting to run a marathon and you've never even run a 5K, the idea of running 26.2 miles is insane. Right. And And you're like, I can't run that. And so a lot of people, what they do is they'll They'll run for a day or two and then they'll just quit because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm dying after running a mile and a half. I can't run 26 miles. Screw it. I'm out. Well, in the book Motivation Myth, Jeff Hayden talks about the reason a lot of people don't reach their goals is because they don't have a process by which to build those. You see, when you focus on solely on the big goal of, hey, I, I want to get this amount of shape, well, then you, you lose focus uh, on it when you miss that mark versus if you have a process, so for you, you mentioned, hey, you know, it's tough going to the gym or getting a run. If I set out my week that I have seven days and on three of those days, I'm committing, I'm going to the gym for at least 30 minutes. And on two of those days, I'm going to walk or go for a light jog or stretch. I'm doing something active during those three days. And so that gives me one grace day, essentially. And so every time I can hit that check, I'm only focused on this week. I'm not worried about that end goal, because if I focus on this day and this week, I'll eventually hit that end goal. It's why and if you hear authors talk about writing a book, they never tell you, hey, I, you know, my, when I sat down, it's I wanted to write a book. My process was I'm writing 500 or 1,000 words a day. And that was my process. I wrote 500 and a th- or 1,000 words a day, whatever my goal was until I wrote the book. And that's how it gets done is focusing only on that process. I think that's really important to go back to your example, you know, of running a marathon. When you create a goal that is that big, you're right, it becomes very difficult to achieve if you don't set a small, either small goals, like incremental goals that you can build on or create a process like you mentioned, because it just becomes daunting. It becomes too big of a task. And, you know, after you you run a 5K and you realize, you know, you're wiped out, you're super sore. It's easier just to give up than, you know, to reset and set a new goal, a little bit larger goal, and to keep working towards that that mile, uh, that marathon. 
Yeah, and it's funny if you think about a marathon as as our example that we talk about, and and one of the things that I frequently mention. When people talk about these big goals they have in life, I want to be a millionaire, I want to do this, most of them just talk about it. They never create a process, they never go because they they say, oh, it'd be nice to have, but it's so far away. And when you think about a marathon, what's the scariest part of a marathon? The, the part that you're like sick at your stomach, you're anxious, you wonder if you're going to go to the bathroom on yourself. It's at the beginning. Like it's always when you're waiting in the corral before you ever start the race. It's always that hesitation because there's an unknown up ahead. You've trained for it, you know it, but there's still a little bit of anxiety because you haven't started. The moment the the gun goes off and you start running, all that anxiety and fear just disappears. All you're focused on is moving one step at a time. Like to get to mile 26, you got to run to mile 13 and to get to mile 13, you got to run mile 1. And to get to mile one, you got to take the first step. And so it's literally taking things one step at a time throughout that entire process and not letting those big goals that you have to have in life, those things, those North Stars that you run at, uh, distract you or discourage you because of how far away they are. You just focus on that next step. Yeah, I like that because you're right. You know, the fear is right before you know, right at, right at the start. And if you take another example, you know, say jumping out of an airplane, right? Your fear is, you know, you don't have fear maybe when you, when you sign up, but as the, the week approaches, you start to have, you know, more and more fear as the nights get closer. And then finally the day comes, the most fear probably sets in. Then once you get up in that plane and you're about to jump, that's when the, the most extreme fear presents itself in you. But as soon as you jump and you're free floating in the air, there's no fear there. Or if there is, you're, you're in the present moment and it's a little too late for that and the action's there. So I feel like if you can kind of create the same mindset towards your goals, where even though you might be afraid to take those steps, if you just try taking those steps and set small actionable goals and create that process that you mentioned, it makes it easier to develop a mindset where you can keep achieving things. Yeah, and if if we take it a step further, going off of the show of your or the name of your show, laughing at adversity, when major adversities strike us, it's rare that we're ever going to overcome it in one fell swoop. Mm. You know, when when someone gets that cancer diagnosis that that we all dread, you're not going to go into the doctor the very next day and having completely beat it. And so you focus on, I'm going to stay alive. I'm going to be stronger than cancer. I'm going to win today. Right. And then the next morning when you get up, it's the same exact approach. It's one day at a time, which is why our message is compete every day as three separate words, because it's something you do every single morning when you wake up. It's the choice you make in the mirror that I'm going to compete today. For me, you know, I like to lay out my goals where I have a, a few things that I'd like to kind of check off my, I'll say to-do to list, but my, you know, my to-do list is specific to sort of, you know, the podcast and, and laugh at adversity versus, you know, doing the dishes or, or taking out the dog. But that that's a separate to-do list. But anyways, I like to separate my goals, you know, to have a few actionable things that I can do each day, but also bigger goals for the week and bigger goals for the month. And every month I try to revisit my goals and make adjustments when necessary. Do you follow a, some sort of a process that's similar? 
Yeah, I do. And so what I try to do is in December, I'll set November, December, I'll set my goals for the year ahead. So all of 2018's goals are written out. From there, I'll make quarterly goals because I'll say, all right, here's my goals for the year. Here's what I'm going to do. So then I'll pull it down and put, it's just the same process we just talked about in terms of running the marathon. What's that process? Then I'll put my quarterly goals. Okay. So if we want X in sales, that means I have to hit this average a quarter. So quarter four, I need this. Well, for me to do that, I need to set this up in Q3. And so I build out each thing quarterly and then off of that monthly and then weekly knowing that, all right, if this needs to get done in a week, that means I've got to do this every day. If I need to book X amount of speaking gigs a year, that means I need to ultimately breaking it down. This is how many sales calls I need to be making or emailing out a day to get there. And so I have those action items that I check everything else off. Because if I can hit those, then the other things that start dropping on your plate of for us, a new t-shirt designer, customer service emails, things like that, I can outsource to members of my team who are great at supporting me. Or I understand this doesn't add to that big goal. Is it really that important? Right. So you kind of you set these goals and then you reverse engineer them to kind of get your action your action items to achieve those goals. Is that is that correct? Yeah. I, I try to reverse engineer as much as I possibly can. And if I can't, all I think about is, all right, if I don't know how there's a gap, I, I know what the first few steps are, but I'm not quite sure steps five through nine, and then I'm at the goal. I just say, all right, what's step one? What is one thing I can do to figure it out? And then I do that. And so if, if my goal for the week is X, uh, then I and I'm not quite sure how to completely finish it, well, then I just start with where I know to start, or I ask someone, hey, if you were going to do this, what would you do? Where would you start? And then I can hopefully start in that direction. And usually once you get moving, you know where to take that next step and then that next step and that next step. Right. So whether it's you or when you're working with some of your clients, what's some advice that you can give somebody who might be having difficulty achieving their goals? You know, maybe they they failed and they're struggling to kind of get back on the horse and, and to continue towards their end goal. What's some advice that you can give somebody? Yeah. So I would tell that one person that you are an incredible example of grit and perseverance right now. Um, and the world has unfortunately too few of those uh, inspirations where people are continuing to press forward in the face of adversity. So the one thing I'm always going to remind them is, why did you start in this process to begin with? Why was this important to you? What is What was your goal in the beginning of starting out? But more importantly, why was that goal so important? What about it was going to change your life, your mindset, make everything better? If you can understand the why behind it, then you can start to see, one, are they pursuing really the right goal? Evaluate, is this really the right goal for root cause? If it is, and if it's that important to you and that why, you've got to keep going regardless of how you feel, because some days we're never going to feel the motivated to do it. Some days we're not going to feel like we have a chance to win, but you have to get up and keep doing it because no matter who you are, single 14 year old high schooler, 55 year old father of four, doesn't matter. People are watching you. People always are watching you. And, and what they're watching is seeing how you're responding to adversity. And for many times in life, our lives, our actions, our lessons are telling a story to people. 
And if they see us refuse to give up, then when they're faced in a similar situation in their own life, they might remember us. More than likely, they're going to remember us and they're going to remember how we constantly pursued that and continue to drive and how inspiring that was to them that they also have a chance. That's kind of the one thing I, I want to I hit home with people about a lot on Compete is your story is never just your story because how often is, is anyone listening to this show, you've been inspired, influenced, impacted by someone out there, whether you know them personally, whether you follow them online, whether you read their content, something about that story has impacted you to take action, to change something, to try something else. But if that person hadn't done that, if that person hadn't shared that failure or, or what they eventually did to overcome it or the tough grind that they were going through for 10 years just trying to, quote, make it, then your life would not have been impacted. And so you have the ability to be that story that overcomes that adversity that changes someone else's life. And if it, for some reason, never clicks, you spend all of your days pursuing this effort you continue to make progress, but you not you don't quite get there. Two things have happened. One, you have to look at how far you've come from the beginning and see how much you've grown as an individual. That's another reason I, I love for people to write and track stuff down. It's like if you go to the gym and start to work out and the next week you go back to the gym and you don't really remember what weight you lifted and you know, you're not really quite sure what weights to start with or work with, and, and you don't ever kind of track any of it. You just go to the gym, you lift a little bit. Your progress is incredibly slow. Sometimes you don't even have progress because you're never really pushing yourself hard enough. But if you go in and you write down, all right, this week on bench press, I did 135, 145, 155. I got five, five, and then on that last set, I, I failed on my third rep. Cool. The next week you go in, you can build on that. You have something to build on. And then six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road, when you don't feel like you're really going anywhere and you're like, I'm not really getting stronger, you can flip back through that journal and see, oh, well, I'm starting now on 185 or 200 is my first set. And I used to really struggle with 115 or 135. And it flips your perspective a little bit of, I am making progress. I am getting stronger. I am getting better. And it gives you a little bit of motivation to keep going some more. So that's that's kind of the first thing is our lives are changed by these journeys and these things that we overcome. And the second thing it does is it gives someone else an example of what it looks like to never give up. Mm. And it provides them the opportunity to see it so that when they're faced with adversity that's different, they have a role model and someone to look at and say, that's what not giving up looks like. That's what fighting and competing every day looks like. I need to figure out how to do that too. And it greatly changes their trajectory. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think, first of all, I'd like to ask you, do you have any, do you use a, a notebook or do you have any apps that you, you're able to track your, your workouts with? Uh, so it depends on what my workouts are. For me, from a standpoint, I go to a, a studio gym uh, the coaches have some different programming, but we have a set uh, strength schedule. And so I just have old school paper and pen. I have one page that's squat, one page that's deadlift, one page that's cleans, and one page is that bench. And so I'll write down date, the workout setup for the program, the weights I used, and then I'll put a little note out to the side so that the next time 
we may do one day I could do four sets of five back squat. And so I need to track that weight. The next time I go in, we might be doing sets of 10 or 12. Well, I need to write that down how I felt so that, you know, a week or two later when I go back in and we're doing sets of five again, I can look at it and say, Oh, I got all four of those sets. The last set was fairly easy. I need to go up heavier. And so that's how I tracked it, which is how I got stronger. On benchmarks and and workouts and things like that we did, I'll track it and just make little notes. Yeah, workout felt good today. But then I can also look back of, oh man, I've had beers the last few nights out for happy hours, for work or or social. Uh, No wonder I was dragging a little bit today. So I'm, I'm a little aware of that. If I'm doing a specific program, uh, squatting program are really the specific ones I'll follow. Uh, there's a couple of iPhone apps that work really, really well. One is just called Hatch Squat um, that I greatly, greatly enjoy. Uh, Hatch Squat Hatch Squat Calculator is actually what it's called, and it gives you the program. You literally enter your front squat and your back squat maxes. It walks you through a full program, tells you what weights, what reps to use. It's an awesome program. It's a great starter squat program. Uh, then there's another one called Small Love that is a brutal workout um, calculator. But what it does is it'll give you back squat program or bench press program. And it's a heavy, high volume one, but it spits it all out there. Um, otherwise, I just try to go in and pick some different workouts that would get me out of my comfort zone. If I know my legs are shot, then I'm going to do something a little more upper body uh, that's going to hit me to failure and, and mix in some cardio. If it's squatting, I need to mix in some wall balls and some running and some lunges, things like that where I'm out of my comfort zone and then I'm just going to write it down. If I'm, if I'm out on my own, write it down. How did I do? Um, I don't CrossFit anymore. I spent years CrossFitting. Uh, and that's a, the second best thing I thought about it was it forced people out of their comfort zone with very basic workouts um, that you could track because you were always tracking your time or your reps and you could go back to workouts and always evaluate how well you're doing. Because for a lot of people, it's like, I'm not getting any stronger. I'm not getting any faster. I, I don't look any different. But when you redo a workout, you see how much stronger, how much faster you're getting, where you slowed down this time versus last time. Um, and that that's an incredibly beneficial piece of it. So tracking everything from your workouts to life is, is huge. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you because I think it's really important, especially you know when you, when you look back and you might think that you haven't made as much progress as you actually have, but when you can actually document it down in details and, and reflect back and actually see the progress that you've made, I think that there's something special in that. And you keep talking about comfort zone. I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about the connection between going outside of your comfort zone and developing, you know, a stronger competitive mindset. Because I know for me, when I was dealing with my medical trauma, you know, going to all of these doctor's visits was kind of out of my comfort zone. And then for me, doing a holistic approach, that was outside of my comfort zone. And then you know, when I started my Instagram account and I started the blog and then I started the podcast, all of these things were out of my comfort zone. But for me, what I've realized is the more I go out of my comfort zone, you know, the more confidence I have, the more I'm willing to reach out to random people, the more I'm connecting. And honestly, the more my life is, it's really improving in, in more areas than than one. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I, I laugh. Brene Brown talks a lot about this, but uh, of the idea of courage trumps comfort. But how much better is a story is a life 
that's courageous over one that's comfortable. Uh, I mean, it's not like we go, Donald Miller talks about it in his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. If we went to a movie and the entire two hours was just about a guy that wanted a BMW, he worked his normal job, he saved his money, went home every night after work, end of movie, he buys a BMW, rolls off into the credits. Like we would be ticked off. We wasted two hours doing it. There was nothing about, there was no adversity he overcame. There was nothing out of his comfort zone that he had to do to achieve it. It simply was a daily act of comfort. Whereas the movies, the stories, the books we love, there's always a moment of courage. Whether it's the action movie where the hero's jumping off the building to save someone, whether it's the romantic comedy who you're just cheering for the guy just to finally say I love you to the girl, that you can just feel the tension. You're just wanting him to finally be courageous. Do it. Courage always makes a better story than comfort. And so for people to get used to getting out of that comfort zone, it's a daily practice. Uh, one, it's it's incredibly mindful of you and it's training yourself to be more mindful. Uh, I had a guy on our podcast, uh, Kyle Brown, who's an entrepreneur and the founder of Fit365. He talked about when he was speaking and starting to do more public speaking, he went and, and got involved with stand-up comedy, which is not something he would normally do. He has a, he has a slight tremor. Um, it, it's something he was aware of and, and was you know a little bit nervous about, self-conscious about. But he decided through that practice, he said, listen, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? What is the worst? Okay, uh, it doesn't work. Some of it doesn't work. Do I become one a better speaker by going through this process and learning how to speak in front of people, being on stage, being able to tell humor? Yes. Does learning to speak better ultimately get me to one of my biggest goals of wanting to talk to more people and impact them? Yes. The pros of the benefits of what could happen drastically outweigh the cons of someone laughing or not thinking my joke is funny. And he said that same mindset helped him when he was with his daughter and they had daddy-daughter dances and he didn't really know how to dance. He was like, I was always the guy tucked against the wall at high school dances. I'm not the guy that was out there dancing. But if my daughter wants to dance, I don't care what I look like because the pros of her having a great time and spending time, quality time with her dad far outweigh me worrying about what anyone else is thinking. And then you start to learn that you don't really care what anyone else is thinking because a lot of people are stuck in that same position of worrying what everyone else is thinking versus actually thinking something about you. And so if you struggle with getting out of your comfort zone, if you struggle with starting to be courageous, pick one thing. It could be something simple that you challenge yourself to do of if you go out for Starbucks every day and instead of going through the drive-thru, why don't you just go 10 minutes early, go into the coffee shop, say, order your cup of coffee, and then just say hi and talk to a stranger. That's it. Just walk up, make a simple conversation with a stranger. That's all. It, you've got a 10-minute window, so you've got to be out the door. But saying hi to someone, if that gets you into your comfort zone, uh, if, if being in your comfort zone is not talking to anyone you don't know, then that's something to do. One of the things I love is from a health and wellness standpoint, I love doing workouts, one, first thing in the day, but two, that push you really to the point that if you were doing it by yourself, a lot of times you wouldn't finish the workout. Uh, that's what I love about group classes. I think I mentioned earlier, 
when I was doing CrossFit, you know, number two on my list was the tracking and fitness. But number one, the, the thing that I think that that fitness sport community has done so incredibly well is they've created community. And when you're in a community, you're sweating together, you're hurting together in these workouts, but you're pushing each other. And so no one's quitting. You're all in it together. And I think a lot of studio gyms and, and fitness areas still do that today outside of CrossFit. Spin classes, uh, the studio fitness gym I'm at, Mac, a lot of them have that because when you're in there together, there's a little bit more of a competitive spirit, but there's a community factor of I'm not going to quit, so you're not going to quit. And so even though this sucks, we're going to keep going farther than we would if we were by ourselves. And once you start doing that in workouts, it's amazing what happens to the rest of your life. That's, that is one reason I love competition and competing against yourself. And one reason I love sports is because it allows you the opportunity to see what you're truly capable of. And it's always, always more than you actually think you're capable of. Right. What we're capable of is always more than we give ourselves credit for. We always undersell ourselves. And so by putting yourself in a workout that's going to push you a little bit harder, you're going to have to go a little bit longer than if you were just by yourself in the gym with headphones on. You'd never go to that point. That's good because when you, you leave and you're like, I did that today, then you're going to start to believe that you can do that in other areas of your life. When you go up and talk to a stranger and they start talking to you back and you realize like all those fears that you had of what could go wrong – don't ever come to fruition. You start to believe that if you start doing other things in your life that are maybe a little more uncomfortable at first, that maybe there's a greater outcome. And so always look at the, the positives, the benefits, they always outweigh the negatives. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, for one, obviously, you know, ch changing your perspective and, and seeing the situation differently. But when you get out of your comfort zone and you start to reach achievements, you know, whether it's in working out or your career or in relationships, you can take those wins and transition them to other areas of your life and create wins there. Yeah. I mean, what happens in one area of our life is never isolated from what happens in other areas of our lives. I mean, we, we tend to think sometimes that things are compartmentalized, but they're really not. When you achieve success doing something, you're going to gain confidence to achieve success in another area. When you, when you become more comfortable with being uncomfortable in the gym, you find that you, you start to develop a little bit of a comfort pushing outside of that comfort zone in your work or in your relationships or in the rest of your life. Everything that you do impacts everything else that you do. Absolutely. Where can people connect with you that like to learn more about your podcast, your website, or reach out to you on social media? Yeah, I would love it. I would love if, if someone uh, drops by and says, hi, I'm probably most active on Instagram. Uh, my handle is life is worth competing for. Uh, but you can connect directly with me on there or on my website, jakeathompson.com. And if you love all this talk about competing, uh, our main website for our company is Compete Every Day. It's the same tag you'll find on all of the uh, social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're all across them. And then our podcast is on there as well. Uh, not sure what date we'll be airing, but uh, our season two of our podcast drops on June 26th. Uh, and so check it out, competeeveryday.com. We'll have all the info. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I'll make sure to get all of the links from you after this and include them in the show notes once I release this episode too. Awesome. So I have, I have two final questions for you. The first one is what is your definition of adversity and what does it mean to you? Yeah. So adversity to me is any difficulty or obstacle that stands in your way. And that could be in the pursuit of a goal that could be in the way of your life. Uh, and, and to me, as, as funny as this may sound, a lot of adversity to me is a challenge. Mm. And I look at it as a challenge because I feel I was created for a specific purpose. And if there's something in my way, it's my job to find a way to overcome it because the obstacles and the adversities we overcome are the stories and the chapters in our lives that impact others because we're not influenced or inspired by the easy things that we accomplish in life. We're inspired and encouraged by the things that we see people do that are amazing and out of the ordinary and are the difficulty and always overcoming adversity for each of us is something that's difficult because to us it's difficult. And so for me, it's a challenge and an opportunity to write a chapter or a story in my life that can impact someone else. I love that definition. What are three tips that you can give someone who's facing adversity in their life right now? Compete. Don't give up. That's the first one. Don't give up. Uh, Don't give in. Understand that uh, what I just said, understand that that adversity present you a opportunity and a platform to inspire someone else. And you could be just the thing that they need. Uh, two, I would look at how you're facing that adversity. Are, are you going after it head on or are you shirking away from it, shrinking back in fear? And if you are pulling back in fear, I'm going to encourage you to do two things. One, get after it. Two, find people. If you're not running with a group of close-knit individuals that encourage you, encourage you and challenge you. I'm going to encourage you to do just that. If you surround yourself with people who are going to spur you on and challenge you, they're going to help you keep going through that adversity. They're going to be the ones that are going to pick you up when you've gotten knocked down. And on the days when you start to turn away and not press into that adversity to overcome it, they're going to be the ones that push you in the back and say, no, keep going. So surround yourself with people, whether it's online, socially, whether it's offline, Get in groups, find people that are trying to do the same thing, lifting each other up. And the third thing I would say is always remember your why. Always remember what you started, what that purpose was. If it's an adversity going toward a goal, why did you originally go after the goal? Not what is the goal, but why? Why did that goal matter so much? If it's uh, something from an illness or uh, something in a relationship, look at those pieces and say, all right, why did this start? If it's, if it's an issue with the relationship, like why did I first get into this relationship? What about it was so great? I've got to be able to work through this adversity. And if it's something you're facing in life, uh, loss of a job, things like that, understand that your story is not over, that you still have that purpose to deliver something to the world. And so focus on that. Keep taking action and those opportunities will present themselves. I love all three of those tips because I think they're all, you know, they're very practical. And I think the community especially is, is something that's very important and sometimes often overlooked. But also, you know, linking back to your why and your story is just, it's so important to, you know, dig deep to your, your purpose and, and to bring that up, especially when you need it and you're struggling on those days to compete. 
Um, I do want to just take a moment, though, you know, to acknowledge you and and thank you for coming on to the podcast, but also for everything that you've done. You know, I think you said in two thousand was it two thousand eight, two thousand nine, you left your your company and you started to to build something that was more purposeful for you and, and creating a legacy. And, you know, you realize that your life is, you know, it's more than just about you and you wanted to make an impact in other people's lives. So I just want to, you know, take a moment to thank you for everything that you do with Compete Every Day, you know, your your website, your branding, your podcast, um, you know, your coaching and just for you reaching out to people and helping change their lives. So thank you very much for all of that. Thank you very much. That means a lot. Awesome. It was great having you on here today, Jake. Appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show with Jake. It is so important to build that competitor's mindset and to build resilience. If you'd like to connect with Jake more, then head over to the show notes at laughadversity.com forward slash 18. Also, if you could please take a moment to head over to iTunes or your podcast player and please leave a rating and review. It's the easiest way for the podcast to be found by others.